the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon to you, everybody. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host and former Major League Baseball player representative. Not really, but wow, I've been thinking today, we got to get baseball. Baseball players, owners, you know what? Right now, let's just work it out. One-year extension to whatever you had last year. You know, honestly, we need the baseball. We need to have it, and pitchers and catchers should be there now. They're not, and now you're talking about delaying the season Let's not do that. Let's get a perspective on uh, on the world today and uh, how important baseball is uh, in the midst of even difficult times. That's that's some of my thought anyway, and I'm going to get your thought about lots of things going on. Welcome to Southern California Live once again, 3 to 5 every weekday here all over Southern California on KKLA and KPRZ, LA, San Diego, and a lot of places north and south of those places and uh, east and west. Uh, in fact, if you're floating out on a boat and listening to our show, I don't know how far out it goes, but the signal goes way out there. So, uh, uh you know what? You can always give us a call. Uh, and that number is 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And I'm going to be asking you about some perspective that you have about what's going on in Ukraine, the new war in Europe that began just after our show ended yesterday, just a little under 22 hours ago, and uh, I've got my coffee, the brew of the believer, the choice of the chosen, the juice of the joyful, and I thought that's uh, it's always good for me to have. You know, I like it in the afternoon. I hope that your afternoon is planned out well for whatever it is you've got to do. C.S. Lewis once said in one of his books, joy is independent of circumstances. It's one of my favorite C.S. Lewis quotes, and it's so important because our circumstances change. Our circumstances in life, they change suddenly. Sometimes they change by design, but often they're, you know, our circumstances, and especially when they're bad, are uh, changed just all of a sudden. And my friends, our circumstances have changed a bit since yesterday. I don't know. We don't know how significantly, but they have changed. Like I mentioned yesterday, Trotsky said, famous quote, you may not care about war, but war cares about you. And what is going on in Europe is going to affect us one way or another. Right now, I think we're talking mostly about gas prices and things, right? I've enjoyed a little bit. It's not really enjoyable. But when I hear press conferences from Washington and uh, people on the cable news talking about the horrors of $4 gas, I just think, you know, I'd love to have $4 a gallon gas. Wouldn't it be great to go back to just $4? Uh, The rest of the country, if you are are listening at – on your Alexa or online at kkla.com or kprz.com. Did you know you can always get this show and all of our fine programming online wherever you are on planet Earth, wherever it is allowed, wherever uh, it hasn't been uh, shut down by uh, cyber terrorists from Russia or wherever. Uh, You can listen to our show. And uh, wherever you are, uh, $4 gas, we've been dealing with that for a long time out here. So uh, what they're saying is $6 gas, $7 gas, that might be happening. But when we think about this from the standpoint of perspective, 
paying extra for gas is nothing compared to the suffering that is going on in Ukraine. Last I looked, uh, about 50 people uh, dead, civilians uh, mostly, and uh, many, many other people wounded. There is battle going on. One of the things to think about is uh, that there is a fog of war. So some of those things, like even the statistics I just said, they might be different the next time somebody actually looks. And a lot of the stuff that you hear about when these things begin to happen they get corrected later once you have some perspective on what actually happens, once uh, facts actually come in. But what I want to do today is talk about perspective, play some clips uh, about what's going on, get your thoughts, your perspective of how this impacts us, what we ought to do as believers. Uh, And uh, coming up later this hour, I have a pastor from right here in Los Angeles who was just in Ukraine at a seminary, and he's going to call up and uh, give us some perspective on what we should know about Christians in Ukraine and how we can pray for them. And believe me, it matters. It matters that we pray. It matters that we really do this, because what, what we're seeing is is terrible. Um, maybe there's some perspective that we can have about it that if you are under 50 years old, maybe this is a little bit terrifying. I was listening to somebody uh, on uh, Dennis Prager's show this morning, and uh, he talked about people under 25. They their attitude would probably be, and I'd love to hear from you if you're under 25. You know, how do you? What's your perspective on this? He said people are very afraid of World War III. Right there on the Drudge Report, if you go to that website, World War III countdown. It says you know it's kind of uh, right there, and uh, China was flying some planes into Taiwan airspace. They've been doing that for a while, actually, so maybe that's news and maybe it isn't. But if you are China and you're planning on taking Taiwan, now would be a good time strategically. Um, And if they do that right now, that means it's been planned for a long time. And it probably means that that was something that Putin and uh, President Xi of China talked about a couple weeks ago in that uh, weird meeting that they had. 888-LA-TALKS is our phone number, 888-528-2557. You can give me a call there, or if you're unable to call, you can send in an email to SoCalLive, SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. The idea of perspective if you're younger maybe is this, and maybe I'm overstating it a little bit, but the last 40 years or so, 45 years, have been tremendously peaceful and prosperous, probably the most peaceful and prosperous time in the history of the planet. And for many of you, that's your whole life. For most of us, that's half, you know, if we're 90, that's half our life. And this has been an extraordinary time. And I don't know that that's ending necessarily, but things are going to shift. We have had some bad things happen in the course of those periods of time, of course, 9-11 and various battles and different different places in time uh, in our country and history with terrorism, some economic problems, but nothing that has really been horrible. Um, every time we have a recession, the, the whatever party's not in power, they like to say, it's the worst recession since the Great Depression, which is not true. Uh, once it was probably true, you know, maybe maybe the Great Recession was the worst recession, but I'm not really even sure that that's true. I mean, my I was only a kid, but the recessions that we had in 19... 19- what, 79 through 82, that was pretty brutal, uh, it seemed to me. Waiting in line for gas, gas stations don't have any gas, inflation's going crazy, interest rates, I think that was the worst one. I think statistically that's actually maybe the worst one. People lost a lot more value in real estate and other things like this. But once again, we've got perspective. We need to be thinking about the dangers that people are going through in 
Ukraine. One woman on Twitter, she is from Ukraine, and she said this. This was uh, two days ago, actually. And this hit me because I thought, you know, personally, I'm not real pleased with the kids wearing masks at school. And, you know, I think that the, the science now says, you know, the mask should come off and it's not good. Even uh, even people who've been all for that are saying now we got to get rid of the masks. It's affecting how people interact and how kids, you know, there's a lot of science behind that. And that's a big deal. That's a big deal in my life with my kids. And I know it is for some of you. And some of you have another perspective. You're like, no, keep the mask on. You have concerns about those things. This woman on Twitter from Ukraine said that what she did for her kids that morning as they went to school was get, put a sticker on them with their blood type. And the reason she's doing that is because if the bombs start falling and the school gets hit and the child is injured, maybe the medics will be able to do a transfusion if they know the blood type. I mean, think about that from the standpoint of perspective. That's, that should impact you. That impacts me. That impacts me right now. Uh, the first death that was reported from Ukraine and the Russian invasion was a child. We, maybe one of the first perspectives that we can have today is how blessed we are to be in the United States of America, where we do not have bomb shelters, most of us. You might have one if you've got an old house, you know, from back in the 40s and 50s, people built bomb shelters in their house. You might have one, and if you do, Uh, You're probably using it to store canned goods or as a fort for your kids, but you never really think that you're going to hide down in there. Some of you do. You know, some of you get down there, you know, every time the stock market drops or something and uh, you do that. But most people don't do that. Did you ever see the uh, the bomb shelters that you can buy these online? There's this design and they're they're like multifamily bomb shelters underground. And it always made me laugh because in the middle is sort of this family room area. There's a couch and a ping pong table. And uh, a big screen TV, and I thought, you know, if it's nuclear fallout outside and you can't go up, what's on TV anyway? What are you going to watch? Uh, 12 Monkeys? You're going to watch uh, The Day After? You know, what are you going to watch? Up there? Uh, speaking of all of that, President Putin uh, threatened us today. Uh, and most people look at it as a, a threat about nuclear war. What is your thought? About that, does that frighten you? I think if you maybe are under uh, 40, under 50, uh, that's a pretty big deal. I mentioned yesterday that when I was in school, we up until about the third grade, we actually had nuclear drills. And uh, you would hide under your desk, and it was called duck and cover. It was like an earthquake drill. Um, that's what you would do. I remember in the fifth grade, uh, my fifth grade teacher in Palmdale, actually the school was in Lancaster. I lived in Palmdale. Mr. Paragoy, Mr. Paragoy, maybe some of you were in the class, you remember this, described to, asked our class, fifth graders, what is nearby that is a nuclear target for the Soviet Union? So what are you in fifth grade? You're like 11 and uh, maybe 10, 10 years old. And I remember vividly this. This was, this was the world we lived in, and this was, it, it didn't frighten me as a kid. I don't remember it scaring anybody in the class. I worried that this would, this must terrorize, you know, kids today, this idea. He said, you know, well, what are the targets? Well, we had Edwards Air Force Base not too far away, which was cool to live up, uh, live by. Got to see the space shuttle land and uh, some other things related to that. Um, And then he said, what else? He said, Los Angeles, okay, major city, not too far away. And then he said Palmdale, because Palmdale has Plant 42, and that's where they construct the space shuttle. That's where they built the B-1, B-1, B-2 bomber. Uh, Lots of different things are still doing that up there in Plant 42. 
And uh, I remember that from the fifth grade. Do you remember that? Did you Are you old enough to have had nuclear drills as a kid and to really think about that? One of the things that is remarkable, really, is the past 40, 50 years, how we just have not had um, a lot to think about and fear, really, as far as war. I think we, we were afraid of the terrorists for a while after 9-11, for sure. Um, I had some nightmares after that. Every time I saw a plane, you know, for a while, I wondered about that. But uh, there are people around the world and people in Ukraine, people in Europe who remember bombs falling, who are still alive, people now in Ukraine who are experiencing this. And President Putin said today, in case you didn't hear in his speech, no one should have any doubts that a direct attack on our country will lead to the destruction and horrible consequences for any potential aggressor, he said. Um, That's pretty strong. And then he warned any potential aggressor that the consequences would be the kind that we have never seen in our history. That's where people think it was, oh, he's threatening nuclear war. Now, is it just a threat? Is that just something that he says? We used to have an idea of mutually assured destruction. They're not going to really nuke us because we know that they know that we're just going to nuke them. And what good does that do them? What's the perspective? People are trying to figure out Putin today, if you listen to them. And why? Why is he doing this? Uh, So maybe we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, Last night, as the war began um, in the United Nations, the Ukrainian ambassador came to the United Nations in an emergency meeting called of the United Nations Security Council. And he was going to ask the Russian ambassador to directly say that they don't plan to invade. They kept saying, we're not going to invade, we're not going to do this. But by the time he got there, during the United Nations Security Council meeting that was convened, the attack began. And he begins by saying, you know what, Uh, I was going to have remarks and I was going to ask you guys about this, but uh, it doesn't matter now because you're already doing it. And here's something that you should know, and we mentioned this yesterday. The United Nations Security Council has a president that uh, rotates. And do you know who the president of the United Nations Security Council is right now? It is Russia. You You can't make this up. And so Russia is able to convene the meeting and the Ukrainian ambassador who Russia is attacking in an unprovoked attack uh, is the head of this meeting. And so the Ukrainian ambassador addresses him. And uh, this is one of the things he says to him. Go ahead and clip uh, for that clip. The Russian Federation ought to relinquish responsibilities of the president of the Security Council pass these responsibilities on to a legitimate member of the Security Council, a member that is respectful of the Charter, and I ask the members of the Security Council to convene an emergency meeting immediately and consider all necessary draft decisions to stop the war. Because it's too late, my dear colleagues, to speak about de-escalation, too late. The Russian president declared the war on the record. Should I play the video of your president? He says this to the president of the Security Council, who's Russia, who uh, starts to give him a little lip, and then he says, oh, never mind, I'm going to keep going. The Ukrainian ambassador, to his credit, he began his remarks by pointing out that it's odd that if you're not familiar with how this works, there are some countries that have actual permanent presence on the Security Council, the United States Uh, It was the Soviet Union, uh, China, for example, 
And they have also what's called veto power. If they don't like something, they can veto it, and it won't happen coming out of there. And he started to say, you know, the Soviet Union was welcomed into the United Nations um, if it met the demands of the charter, which it didn't, but they let them in anyway. And then he said somehow by, by miracle, when the Soviet Union collapsed, Russia was able to keep the same place in the charter. And he pointed out that's probably illegal and against the United Nations charter. So Russia shouldn't be there at all because they haven't officially applied. They really are a different country, at least organizationally. Um, and then he said uh, they're just not legitimate. And yet there they are. They're the president of the United Nations Security Council. That ends next month. Um, and it just rotates. Uh, multiple other countries will rotate on there. Other great uh, peace-loving countries like you know Syria and Iran and Saudi Arabia and uh, lots of countries like that. Uh, they get to be on there. They're too busy right now being part of the human rights uh, groups in the UN. Uh, you know, perspective that I have, this is my opinion, is the United Nations is not really an effective organization. Do you know this? And uh, you know what it really speaks, what really speaks to the way the world works is just raw power, raw economic and especially military power. That's the way it's always been. That is the way it is. Uh, scripturally, that shouldn't surprise us either. You are going to have wars and rumors of wars. There will be times of trouble, times of, of terrible times for people. And I think it's okay that what we do as a, a nation, as, as a world, as a people, is we try to find a place to make peace, that we try to get together multilaterally, multiple nations coming together to have peace. But the problem is this international law, it only works until somebody like Putin decides they just don't want to follow it or any leader. We've probably done some things that have not exactly been kosher. Um, maybe that's not the right term, but, but this is something as we look at the world that is not new. And if I can encourage you in this way, if you are concerned or afraid, uh, don't be. Make sure your joy is in Christ. Make sure that you are focusing on Christ in your life because you can't control your circumstances in your personal life. You have wars and battles that you're fighting right now with your workplace or maybe in family life or maybe with sickness and health and other things. Um, and then things come upon you in the world that you don't have any control over at all. And yet you have a very specific role as an ambassador of Christ. This is who you are. Uh, an ambassador of Christ. And right now, I want you to have this perspective. I like to encourage you to think about from the standpoint of your mission as a believer. And I'm talking to people who are believers. I know a lot of you aren't uh, who are listening. And the other day, I think I think the majority of calls we had the other day were from people who uh, weren't too sure about their faith. But And that's great when we want you to participate in this and feel free to participate in any way you'd like. Um, remembering it's radio, of course, and you know, stay on topic. Um. But for those of you who are believers, your job is to love the people that God has placed in your life. We call that group often your oikos, the eight to 15 people that God has purposefully and providentially placed in your relational world. We say eight to 15 because somebody did a survey. One of my mentors, Tom Mercer, um, came up with that number and some surveys that he looked at. And, you know, you might have 5,000 Facebook friends, but you only have maybe eight, maybe 15 at the most people that you actually do your life with that you actually spend time with, that you go to work with, that you go to school with, maybe they're on your sports team. Some of them are temporary. They come in and out of your life. 
if you're in, you know, if you're going to UCLA or someplace, you have one semester or a quarter of somebody who is in your lab and your science class, and then they're gone. But during those few weeks, they're there on purpose. How are they dealing with this? Do you know that you have something great to offer? You have true hope. See, our hope is not in President Putin uh, winding down his army because he's afraid of the sanctions or because they have impact. Even President Biden today shocked everybody, although what he said is true. I don't think he meant to say it. I think it's one of those things that, you know, when they have the whiteboard in the Oval Office and they're talking to him about all the stuff, this is what is true, the actual perspective, but not what you're supposed to say out at the microphone. And what he says, just kind of off the cuff, you know, well, no one really expected those sanctions to work anyway, which is not what they were saying on Sunday. Uh, we hope that President Putin will not go forward, you know, that these sanctions will work. But he says that, and I think he says that because it's true. I didn't expect them to work. Nobody expects them to work. They have 200,000 soldiers down there. They're going to war. That's what they're going to do. The decision was made to do that. You have Jesus Christ. You have the ability to offer hope. And as we give some perspective to some different things uh, today in our program, and I hope that you can listen the whole time, part of this is to give you some perspective of what's in the world. Some of it will be my opinion. Some of it will be the opinions of some other people that we share. Some of it will be some perspective that we have as believers that we can um, encourage each other with in the Council of Believers. We need to be praying for those Christians in Ukraine who are suffering. Some are fleeing. Some are going to stay there. Uh, Some are going to stay there to fight. Some are going to stay there to take care of the injured and the wounded and to serve. I mean, there's there's a lot going on. The Lord is doing a lot. We're going to learn now in the next segment to uh, how we can pray for those people. But have the perspective that as the stuff's going on, as you learn about it, that your job is not to make sure that people know who to blame, Biden or Trump or whatever your thing is. Instead, focus on the person that you're working with or that you go to school with, or maybe you live with them. Maybe they're your family. Maybe they're your kids, your parents or grandkids. Maybe they're a veteran that you know who's who's struggling right now because of these things. Listen to them and give them hope in Christ. Do you know how to do that? I hope that we can help you do that. But when you have that perspective, when you fix your eyes on Jesus, meaning that that is your first response to people, your life changes. You have purpose. And you know what you get is you get joy that's independent of your circumstances. Even though you might be afraid, even though you've got concerns, even though you have anger, even though you have fears, and many of those things are legitimate, your perspective is different when the joy that you have comes from your faith in Christ, promises that can never be broken and never taken away from you. And you have the ability right now to share those things with people and to share your life with people, even just to listen to them if they're concerned or angry or frustrated whatever it is. We'll give you some perspective on some different things in our program today, so don't go away. You're listening to Southern California Live. We'd love to have your calls, 888-528-2557. If you have some perspective, anything that you want to say about the situation in Ukraine, 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. This is Southern California Live. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back. Southern California Live. You can join our conversation at 888-528-2557. We're getting your thoughts about what is going on in the war in Europe, Uh, a war that uh, our government has been predicting for a couple of weeks. Turns out they were right, personally. I'm hoping that means that uh, we're having some intelligence successes out there. On the other hand, I think when you see 
a powerful nation like Russia moving uh, 200,000 troops and equipment to surround another country that uh, they believe is theirs for the taking. Uh, it's probably not too hard to come to that conclusion, actually. And uh, so let's go to the phones. David in Los Angeles, thanks for calling Southern California Live. How you doing, David? David, are you there with me? Hello, David. Okay, David, uh, I'm going to just come back to you if you're still there, uh, David. All right. Um, you can give us a call if you want to join us for this conversation. The number is 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Uh, should I try David again? We still have David? He's calling back. Okay. All right. Well, David can call back. That's the number, 888-528-2557. And uh, in just a couple of moments, I'm going to have a pastor named Matt Barnes join us. And Matt uh, has just been to Ukraine on a, a mission trip of his own. And when we talk this show today, a show today about some of the things that we need to have perspective about, some of the things are geopolitical, maybe some things that we should know and pay attention to, some things that uh, personally I think are important for Christians to understand because we need to have a worldview that is correct. And I say that because there are some bad takes out there, I think, on this. One of them I read uh, one person on Twitter with something like 50,000 followers, okay, said, and I'm not even kidding, that she hopes that the Ukrainians in the bomb shelters are wearing masks and social distancing. And, you know, I thought, you know, I'll bet there's zero people in bomb shelters who are worried about that right now. Um, You know, it's uh, and and. You know, I, I read a bunch of stuff that people wrote, and somebody pointed out, I said, well, do, you know, disease is something that in war you worry about with refugees and with people who are sometimes in prison camps or whatever. I get it. Um, but I worry that in our, in our wealth, in our comfort that we have been so blessed with in our country, that we just miss the point that, hey, there's a bomb shelter, bombs are falling, probably they're not thinking about the same things we're thinking about. I mean, if that's the case, then maybe what we should have done is instead of sanctions, what we should have done was uh, find out if the Soviet or the Russian army, I still do that all the time, but there's Soviet, if the Russian army uh, has their vaccination cards, and if they don't, then they're not allowed to invade. They just have to wait until they get their shot, and two weeks later, uh, they can show their card, then they can come into the country. That's just sort of my, uh, you know, sarcastic response to that, but you know, there is a perspective that I think that we need to have, and as believers, we need to have that perspective globally that there are many people who are suffering in ways that most of us can't even imagine. And people in even the Ukraine today, Ukraine's been a nation for 31 years, and while they have had fears and concerns about Russia, while there has been um, a revolution, not really revolution, but a kind of a revolution where they kicked out uh, Russian um, puppet government uh, in 2013, Crimea was taken a few years ago, there's been uh, different battles here and there. Um, they have never experienced anything like this. I watched a lot of videos of people running in the street and one person was yelling, they're bombing, they're actually bombing, they're actually bombing us, saying that in, in English. Um, and then as Christians, we also should have the perspective of our brothers and sisters in Christ who are there right now experiencing something that hopefully we'll never experience, but we have a obligation as believers repeatedly in Scripture. We are told to be concerned especially about the brothers and sisters that we have in Christ. I have a guest on the on the, the phone. His name is Matt Barnes. He's the pastor of Alhambra First Baptist Church, and he's recently been to Ukraine. And 
Uh, Matt, welcome to Southern California Live. How you doing? I'm well, Scott. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Hey, Matt, uh, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what brought you to Ukraine uh, recently. Yeah, my, like Scott said, my name's Matt. I'm the pastor at First Baptist Church of Alhambra. And uh, through, you know, mutual connections with other people in, you know, the Christian education world, I guess, um, a, uh, another pastor was scheduled to go teach in Ukraine, but because of COVID concerns and the, the potential for war, he pulled out. And so I, I said, I'll step in at the last minute because I, I, like li- I like to walk that line between, you know, um, brave and stupid. <laughs> so All right. uh, I went over and, and I, I had the privilege of teaching systematic theology for a week at Odessa Theological Seminary uh, right there on the Black Sea. All right. Wow. And, and um, what did you learn uh, on this trip out there? What, uh, what do you learn about um, Ukrainian Christians in that seminary? Oh, man, so much. You know, the, the seminary was, was just what you would expect uh, from a seminary with traditional students, with students in their early 20s, but also some non-traditional ones. And, and all of them uh, serve in the church in some capacity, women and men in Ukraine. And uh, they, they, their, their perspective on the world is, is quite a bit different than ours. I heard you talking about, like, you know, how, how Americans can have a, a skewed view of reality because of, of how, you know, relatively wealthy we are, certainly, and safe, too. And that's certainly been the case yeah. that I noticed in Ukraine, where, um, you know, people there are, uh, are hardened and they're steeled in ways that we aren't, you know, because they've, they've lived um, through conflict, in, through their, that, that region's entire existence, in fact, not just since um, 1991 when they were formed as a country. Uh, because they've they've been in a crossroads between different powers throughout throughout all of you know human history in that region, so they, they're they're a different sort. You know, um, if there was even a, a threat of war, our our stock market crumbles and everything would be gone from our store shelves. You know, and and that's not the case in Ukraine. Yeah, uh, panic yeah. is not something when you that they do. when you when you say they're a, <laughs> that and that's definitely true, and. And, you know, I, I don't really even say that to be critical of us. It's just our experience is so different. And I think we forget That's that right. we're, we're really the oddballs in the world. We're the ones who That's are different. Right. Um, what is it, uh, you said, uh, you know, as far as the church, how does, what is the, your impression of the church in Ukraine? How does it work that maybe is different than how we experience church a lot of the time in the, U- in the U.S.? Well, sure. Like, you know, Ukraine has a long tradition of being part of the Eastern Orthodox tradition or Greek Orthodox, Rome, okay. uh, Russian Orthodox, whatever you want to call it. And, and also there's a really strong Catholic presence in Ukraine. In fact, probably the four largest denominations are, are Eastern Orthodox and Catholic in two different varieties of both. Um, but the, the Protestant Church in Ukraine is small, but very strong, um, very missionally minded, uh, focused on the yeah. gospel, you know, across the board, um, all different sorts of, of Christians from different stripes, um, and, and they, you know, and the seminaries there are really strong. The one that I taught in, in Odessa, but also in Lviv and Kiev as well, have really amazing seminaries where they train, uh, you know, men and women for the, the, the work of the, the gospel in Ukraine. I read that uh, Ukraine, actually, among European nations, is the largest missionary-sending nation. Um, Absolutely. They train no, and send it, it, missionaries, yeah. Yeah, in fact, uh, at at the seminary, the uh, my driver of all things was the director of the missions department at the seminary, <laughs> <laughs> and and he, and he uh, 
you know, he told me just story after story after story of seminary grads that he knows and others that, that are doing missions work, not just in neighboring countries like Turkey, Russia, Belarus, Georgia, but all over the world, you know, and, in, in, um, you know, in, in countries in Africa. Some, some even come here. They go to Canada into Ukrainian communities there to, to spread the good news as well. So it's, it's, it's really an amazing witness uh, to, to what, you know, God can accomplish in his church, even in the midst of hardship and, and, right. and you know, poverty. You know, Ukraine's the poorest country in Europe, or, or maybe it's Greece now, who knows, but, you know, for a long time it was Ukraine. Yeah. Um, so God, God works in the middle of, of what we would see as hardship. Now, you were able to be there and have some relationships with people and uh, you know, get to know people for a little bit. Have you heard from them uh, in the last couple of days, have been able to reach out? I have. I have. Um, I've, I, I didn't speak to, but I texted with several of my friends, uh, yeah. staff members and students at, at the seminary and others that I know. We, my church supports a missionary in the northwestern part of the country, so a long way from the conflict, but still, um, you know, he and his family are concerned. Uh, generally speaking... Um, what what most of them have done that are not in the eastern part of the country, they've prepared their papers, they've had a go bag ready for a long time, you know, ready to just grab it and go if they need. Um, those who are able to, you know, escape to another country where they have family, a neighboring country like Moldova or something, that they're they're probably preparing to do that. <clears throat> yeah. But many are not. Many are not. Many of the Christians, the pastors in particular, are committing to stay. And they want to um, use their buildings, their seminaries, as refugee centers for mm. people escaping the conflict in the eastern region and from Kiev as well, because you know that'll be a major place that that will be uh, targeted. That will be, yeah. I uh, have heard different things about uh, troops landing in Odessa and then not true, and then trying to figure it out. Uh, I tried to go to the seminary website over there, and it's it's down. Right. I guess uh, most of that is down. Hey, uh, Matt, right. as you um, as we go through the, we're going to take a break here. And when you come when we come back, what I want to do is ask you about how we as believers can pray right now for Christians in Ukraine and pray about this situation. Absolutely. And uh, so we'll do that here in just a minute. You're listening to Southern California Live. My guest is Matt Barnes. He is the pastor of the First Baptist Church of Alhambra, right here in L.A., who just spent some time in Ukraine. And so we've been talking about Christians in Ukraine and uh, the ministry there. He'll be back with us in just a couple of moments. Uh, this is the Thursday edition of Southern California Live. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you today. And we're talking about the situation in Ukraine and the war in Europe, the Russian invasion. And this hour, we want to get a perspective on what's happening with Christians in the country of Ukraine. And we have a special guest with us, Matthew Barnes. He's the pastor of First Baptist Church of Alhambra. And uh, he recently returned from a mission trip where he was able to teach at Odessa Theological Seminary in Ukraine. And we've been talking about the perspective of Christians there and uh, Matt, you know, I think one of the things that we are being asked to do, in fact, Christianity Today just put up an article with uh, some other pastors in Ukraine and what's going on there, and all of them are asking us to pray about a bunch of things. Right. Um, what would you say for all of our listeners to, here in Southern California, how can we pray for Ukraine today? Yeah, you know, I, I was I was reflecting on that um, over 
over the evening, you know, uh, my heart just broke as this news yeah. crossed my, my desk like I did everyone else's. And I immediately reached out to my friends there and um, read through some emails that I'd gotten from friends about um, ways to pray. And uh, I was really struck by something that uh, the president at, at Odessa Theological Seminary, Alexander Gechenko, said. He he asked that, you know, we pray for the de-escalation of, of the violence and for protection, of course, of, of people, especially non-combatants. But he also prayed that the, the church in Ukraine would remain unified and that they would be, in his words, envoys of peace. And uh, I, I found that really, really moving, um, that in such a, a difficult crisis, uh, one of the leaders of the church in Ukraine, uh, among with just joining the chorus of others, is calling for unity and for the, the Christians in Ukraine to be peacemakers in this time. Yeah. What are some specific things? So we want to pray for peace and protection of people uh, That's right. on, all, on all sides, right? That's um, right. Of course. And, you know, it, just just to reflect on that for just a second, the one of the students that I met, a, a young man named Sergei um, at the seminary, is Russian, actually, and he came to Odessa because he really values the, the particular seminary there. Uh, many people in Ukraine speak Russian. In fact, it's the right. primary language most people speak. They love Russian culture. They love Russian people. The, you know, the Ukrainians... Do not and their family, right? I mean, they're they're their enemy. Their family, absolutely. their family, Moldovans, right. Russians, Belarusians. Oh, they're all they're all family. That's right. And uh, and, and and he was reflecting on on the fact that you know that that everyone needs to be safe, you know, <laughs> and yeah. he's speaking as as someone who's who's crossed that border often, but absolutely for peace and protection, uh, especially for people who are not involved in the conflict at all. I think I think it'd be fa- it'd be fair and and right for us to pray for Putin's aggression to be thwarted and in whatever way uh, it can be done quickly and with yes. this, the, 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 the smallest amount of, of lives lost would be a good thing for us to pray for. Um, and then I, I think looking at the broader picture, it'd be good for us to pray that China does not get involved in this war. Yes. Because if they were to, then this regional conflict could easily turn into something much bigger and much more dire. Right. Um, I think that is what a lot of people are also worried about is that this is uh you know, the president, President Biden today said, we're not going to fight against the Russians. But he really emphasized today saying in Ukraine. And I thought, well, he's making sure that we also know that if it spills over into Poland or maybe some other countries that Putin decides to go into, yeah. then maybe we are NATO countries, especially. Absolutely. And, 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 and Scott, it's scary when you when you look at the precedent of war in, in Europe, you know, the mm-hmm. appeasement that we that, that we, I don't know, NATO, whomever, um, yeah, gave to Putin during this time is resemblant. It, it resembles World War Two. And it's yes, scary it to think that this could easily escalate to something with conscription and all of that that would that would put all of us in such a different place um, in our prayer lives. You know, that, that's that right. A, a conflict way over there. Um. But yeah, I think praying for the church in Ukraine to be unified and to be envoys of hope and to be, you know, to be and to share the good news of Jesus in this difficult time, to push people toward the hope of Jesus in this time would be something that we should be praying for. And then, Scott, I think, you know, um, all of us uh, who are praying people need to also be praying that the church around the world would unify and intercede for the, for the sake of peace in this situation. Yes. Yeah. Uh, those are all really good things. Hey, before you go, Matt, would you like to just lead us in in prayer for these things? Would you be comfortable doing that? I would love to do that. That would, that yeah. would be my honor. Hey, uh, let's pray together. Go ahead. Lord Jesus, we, 
we, we come before you, Lord Jesus, asking for your, your protection on my friends and, and our brothers and sisters in Christ in Ukraine and all those who are, you know, in the middle of this conflict on both sides. Um, I pray, God, that you would bring your peace. Jesus, you are the Prince of Peace. You call us to be peacemakers in the Beatitudes, and I pray, Jesus, that we would take that seriously and that we would be people who pray for peace. Peace in Ukraine, yes, but peace all around the world. God, I pray that that, um, the international community would find a way to peacefully resolve this as quickly as possible, uh, restoring Ukraine's sovereignty to them. I pray, God, that China does not get involved because we don't want this to escalate anything beyond what it is now. In fact, we want it to de-escalate altogether. And I join my brother, President Gechenko, asking that that the church in Ukraine would be envoys of peace as they they reach out and they serve their their country people and others who are are struggling in this time. And God, we join with the Christians and the Jews in Ukraine uh, praying Psalm 31 and, and looking to you as our refuge, but we know that you're their refuge as well, and we ask that you would protect them from their enemies, and, and Lord, we pray over the people of Ukraine and Russia this last part of Psalm 31, that they would be strong and take heart, and that they would put their hope in you, Lord. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, uh, Matt, I really appreciate that prayer, and for all of us here and the uh, KKLA and KPRZ family in Southern California, uh, let us be encouraged to pray and to remember that the Scriptures teach us that these are our brothers and sisters in Christ who are in peril that Amen. this isn't just people who subscribe to you know a, a philosophy that don't right. matter it's it's family and that's right uh, these, these know, are our brothers and sisters that's right that's right and hebrews hebrews writer reminds us to continue to remember those who are mistreated as if you yourself were suffering and that's how we that's need right. to to look at it. Hey, um, you know, maybe somebody's listening and uh, they want to get in touch with you, or maybe they're interested right. in the seminary over there that you went to and they want to talk to you about it. How do we reach you? Yeah, you can you can reach me on my email. It's mbarnes at discoverthejoy.com. mbarnes at discoverthejoy.com. I can, you know, share information about my time in Ukraine, maybe also connect you with some ways you can give if you're interested in helping uh, financially in this time to, to give to some funds that will uh, crisis fund at the the seminary, for instance, is helping staff and students um, in this time. All right. And uh, that's your uh, your church website then is um, discoverthejoy.org? Yes, yes. Is that right? Org. So, com. They both go to the same place, yeah. All right. All right. Matt Barnes, the senior pastor of First Baptist Church of Alhambra. Thank you, Matt, for being with us and sharing all of your insight today. We really appreciate it. Hey, uh, gosh, there's a lot going on, and, uh, you know, for many of you listening, it is personal. You've been there, or you're Ukrainian, or you have family or friends who are. This is a big deal, and I think it's personal for all of us in a deeper way. Our number is 888-528-2557 if you want to join our conversation. I want to see if David is still holding on. David, have you been there this whole time? You still with us? Yes, Brother Scott, I'm here. Hey, David, thank you for holding on, and uh, we had a guest, though I needed to go to him, and we lost your call right before then, but thanks for hanging out with us. Hey, I appreciate it, brother. Well, if I say God bless and praise the Lord, and i like to say, um, I, amen, the brother Matt that was just on the phone, that was that was God's will, you know, yeah. for, for everything. Everything happens in God's order, and it was a beautiful example how that just happened for all of us to see life, how God's will and his order works. 
it was meant for God to have Brother Matt speak and tell us about what's going on over there with the church and all the beautiful people, our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. Yes, you know? amen to that. Amen. 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 Uh, you know, I, I thank God for the mystery, and I encourage the mystery and the gospel, you know, and I was agreeing with you guys, and it, it was a confirmation through the Spirit, because I was listening to, uh, with the brother, um, Greg Laurie, yeah. a couple of days ago, and he was speaking about how the last prayer that the Lord spoke on was about for oneness, for unity. That's right. But also yeah. for us. Yes. And the Spirit had you guys touch on the same basis. Yeah. This is all about Christ. It's all about the Lord, and it's all about the gospel, and it's all about touching back to where we need to be at. You know, where we're, and I like how you broke that down. You know, you got a political side, and then you have the overall side. You know, because we yeah. think, even on the news, we look at the mental and the physical and the emotional so much, but we don't want to touch bases on the spiritual. And when it's time to touch bases on the spiritual, where do everybody go to the uh, dark side of it? Yeah. Hey, uh, David, I got, I got 30 seconds. Uh, do you have a final thought that you want to share with us? Oh, yeah, just uh, encouragement. It's all about the gospel. It's all about love. And it's all about us really seeing there is evil and to hate evil. I have a nonprofit called St. John 316, and I'm getting ready to get it started to really spread the gospel. And we're going to be doing so much more in Los Angeles and throughout the world. God bless us all. Yeah. Hey, David, thank you for calling Southern California Live. And uh, my brother and friend, David, I appreciate you listening. And, you know, that is one of the uh, things that is great about radio here, Christian radio here in L.A., Southern California, is that we are brothers and sisters, and this is a way we connect, and we can connect and learn how to pray for each other, learn how to pray for each other, even those people who are all the way across the world. Brothers and sisters who are suffering, that we need to remember them as if we are suffering ourselves in the same way. That's the command for Scripture. And David is right. Jesus commanded us to be unified. We need to be unified in our, our purpose and our, our meaning and our witness here. And as you think about this and pray for the people in Ukraine, you know, they are going to have an opportunity. Um, Matt said, Pastor Matt said that a lot of those people are going to stay. And I'm reading that online. Uh, maybe we'll catch up a little bit in the next hour on that of ministers who are going to stay and they're getting ready to minister to people and it could cost them their lives, but they're going to do that. And, uh, you know, what a great testimony of Jesus Christ. There are people who are going to get saved through all of this and through their testimony, and part of that is going to be because of your prayers. You may never find out how your prayers impacted people all the way across the world, but they do, and uh, you may find out when you meet Jesus one day and he tells you, and that's just think about that moment. Do not hesitate to say prayers. All right, friends, we'll be back for hour number two on Southern California Live. Going to get some more perspective. I know it's a big story, and you can give us a call at 888-528-2557 to join our conversation. I'm Scott Furrow. This is the Thursday edition of Southern California Live, hour two, when we come back. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.